The Sit With Warriors podcast originated with the concept of simply that. The idea of when you sit with warriors, the conversation is different. And when someone put it to me that way, I really sat and reflected on how many incredible women, women warriors, leaders, heroines, mentors, badass women that I think would be incredibly inspiring for others to hear from. So we put forth this podcast in the hopes of sharing stories of authenticity and of inspiration. All the guests I have on the podcast will share with you real and authentic stories of love and life and laughter, of moments of transition, of moments of triumph, of those moments of aha, and perhaps some of the lowest. But they're all here to share and for us to sit together. So I ask, will you share with us and sit with us? Today, we sit with Deborah. Hello, I want to welcome Deborah, our resident stargazer, with us today. And she's come to sit with us for another episode of part of our astrology series. Yeah, so today we are moving on to another topic of the houses. We did do a seven-week series covering off the sun, the moon, and the five traditional planets. So I think moving on to the houses is a natural progression. And it's also something apparently that's been requested. Absolutely. I'm so excited for this episode today. Yes. Lots of requests and lots of inquiries regarding when we talk about houses on episodes. What exactly does that mean And how does that apply, of course, to ourselves? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I think when you had me on as a guest and I was kind of talking about my journey, I did briefly mention house systems. And I'll just do that again, even though it's really mostly relevant for people that are actually practicing astrology. But the system that I've been working with is called the whole sign houses. And I only bring that up because I have their chart done using whole sign houses and it would look a little bit different. Okay. Excellent. What doesn't change, though, ever, no matter which house system you're using, would be the signs that the planets are in and any aspects they might be making in your ascendant. So all of that is virtually the same. It just might place them in a different spot in the chart. So the teachers that I've been studying with use whole sign houses. And that's kind of been my evolution, I guess, or journey is to move over to that. Excellent. And I appreciate that you have given us the insight because, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not familiar with the differences. So that's, again, really good for all our listeners, of course, to know. The planets, as we talked about there over the, all of those preceding weeks, are the essential forces that are kind of ruling life up in the cosmos, if you want to think of it that way. They're the heavy hitters and they express themselves through the sign that they appear in. But what the houses do is they drop it and bring it right down to earth and grounded in reality. And even the word houses, I mean, the ancients used the word places, but the word houses is like, yeah, it's a structure. It's sitting on the, it's sitting on the ground. So what you end up with is kind of a synthesis of a planet-based and a house-based approach to get meaning from the chart. And these 
planets when they drop down. And, and I thought this was kind of interesting because one astrologer, Demetra George, described it like a game of musical chairs, you know, when the music is playing and then the music stops. And that's, that's like that freeze frame moment when you're born and then the planets drop and they drop down and kind of plunk down into the houses, which as we're going to talk about, really cover almost every single topic or scenario you can think about that is what our daily life and our life in years is made up of. I love that analogy. <laughs> and I definitely resonate with the musical chairs concept. Very good. Oh, oh good, good. Mm -hmm. um, so if anyone has seen their chart, what you see is just basically a circle. You could call it a wheel. If so, if any listeners follow tarot, it looks like the wheel. And that is representative of the sky. But then that chart is going to be divvied up into, and again, I'm talking whole sign houses here, into 12 slices. If you think of a pie, pizza, 12 slices. And in whole sign houses, each of those divisions or slices in math is 30 degrees. Houses are going to be numbered. Starting over, if you think of a clock on the nine o'clock position, they're going to go mm -hmm. counterclockwise and be numbered going all the way back till you get to the number 12. Does that make sense so far? Yes, it does. Yep. Okay. So if we start in order, we're over at the nine o'clock position, which is when the sun was rising. So you will sometimes hear whatever sign was on that. It's called your rising sign. It's the Eastern horizon, or we usually call it the ascendant. So it's what sign was ascending. And this is where the time of birth is so important because planets, as we learn, can spend a lot of time in each sign. The ascendant changes roughly every two hours. And so that's why the birth time is very essential just to get those house placements accurate. So again, if you're looking at your chart, you might see little symbols and those symbols in astrology we call glyphs. And those glyphs are going to represent the planets. Excellent. I'm with you. And if you're looking at your chart, you might see more planets or glyphs in one of those 12 signs. And we call that a stellium when there are three or more planets in one house. And that's just means that's something that would really draw your attention as an astrologer when you're looking at that chart. Interesting. So I think that probably, again, that was all kind of techno lead in is really just to start those houses and what they mean. And then again, how we can start to put this all together, because that's sort of where it's the challenge, but it's also the interesting part where you start to see, well, how does this all come together? And I think it really speaks to how much complexity there is beyond just someone, you know, knowing and referring to say their sun sign. I love this. Absolutely. Let's get some depth in it. Okay. So as I said, we're going to start with the first house and that's often called the ascendant or the rising sign. And so we're always looking at what sign is on the cusp of that house and the signs go in zodiacal order, but it depends on what sign was rising at that moment of your birth. So right. the first house is very important. There is some basic geometry. Then there are four angles in the chart. And so the ascendant is one of those angles. So it's really important. It basically rules yourself and it can be very basic, your appearance, your physical body and the 
ascendant is really how you're perceived by others. And so it can be how you come across first impressions. And often what you get if into astrology is, you know, guess my sign. Oh my God. And every, everybody hates to be asked that because when you're asked to guess your sign, most people would only know their sun sign. And yes, there often are some clues there, but really what you're often seeing when you first meet someone and you don't know them is you're getting a perception of what their rising sign is, which you really wouldn't know about unless you had actually done their chart. Very true. Yeah, so the, the rising sign is important and the first house. So then we move along. So we've got the rising sign there. Then the second house. So you remember you're going counterclock. So the second house rules money, money, finances, possessions, material things. It's our income and what we value. So again, very practical, right? Like even though you could consider the study of astrology very soulful and esoteric, it can come down to being super practical because like I said these houses are going to take those principles and they're going to ground them into right. the earth into the daily life so yes to exist we need to make money yes and definitely. this house is going to indicate that so the next house is the third house and the third house rules communication and that would be including learning your early education siblings short trips and in this modern day, we could even bring that third house into meaning things like social media, because it is communication and learning and connecting and those types of things. The fourth house is another angle, and it's sometimes called the IC, which means imam koli, which is literally bottom of the sky. So if you think of that, it gives us a little clue as to what the fourth house represents is at the very bottom of the chart. It's our home, our roots. So it is ancestry, property, land, and then in traditional astrology, also the father, your father can be represented by the fourth. And it's a very private house. If we think of that, you know, kind of deep down into the roots, who you are in the privacy you know, when there's no one. So interesting, because I'm thinking of all the tie-ins with this, of course, from the other aspects and how, again, the father overlaps with things like home and roots, but yet also is things like privacy. That's an interesting. Oh, really interesting. okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, the, and how they're kind of linked up, eh? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we go on to the fifth house. And so the fifth house is the house of pleasure and fun. It rules children. So if somebody were wanting some kind of insight into fertility, we would look to the fifth house. It's creativity, it's romance, entertainment, all of the things that you do for fun are in the fifth house. Ooh. Yeah, people like the fifth house. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I want to be there. Yeah, be what's that one? House. Tell me more about that. Okay. Good times. In, yeah. <laughs> con in contrast, though, the sixth house represents work. So it's not necessarily your career. The sixth house is work. It's the daily grind. So it would be, you know, what you do to put bread on the table. 
And hence, it's also routine, day-to-day -day routine. But also, importantly, and this is an important aspect of the sixth house, it can represent your physical health and wellness. So you could even bring that into routines, you know, the things that you do for physical health on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's, you know, a very reality-based sign because it represents that day-to-day -day grind. Seventh house is another angle because think of the, again, the circle. And if you put an X through it or a cross through it, it is on the opposite side of the first. And so it's called the descendant. It's the opposite of the ascendant and it represents relationships. And so it's often called the marriage house because it is lasting and committed partnerships. Now, Traditionally, typically it is marriage, but it could also be a committed partnership in business. And the example that some people use is Lennon and McCartney. So, you know, that type of long lasting partnership could also be represented by the seventh house. So the fifth house is more like your fun one night stands and the seventh yeah. house would be committed relationship partnerships. Okay. Okay. The eighth house is other people's money. So it's shared resources and possessions that you might have through marriage or partnership. It can be inheritance and it also is the house of death. So it can represent that transformative quality of death and rebirth, but also crisis and loss is in the eighth. Mm. The ninth house, a good word for the ninth house is quest. And it is like a quest for meaning. So you're starting now to, you know, maybe get a, a little bit away from some of the practical stuff. And it would signify higher education, philosophy, spirituality, religion. So again, they all kind of have that word quest and, and even travel, but not short trips because short trips is in the third. The ninth would be distance travel like maybe travel across the country, across the ocean, that type of thing. But again, it does bring that for travel of being on a quest, of searching for meaning. Interesting. Okay. Then at the very top of the chart, we have the 10th house. So this is called the MC sometimes, the medium quality. So the descendant or the IC rather was at the bottom of the chart. That was the fourth house where we have our roots. Now we're up at the very top. And if we think of the sun, the position of the sun then would be as it's coming up over the day, hours, it's right at its zenith. So it's right at the top. And that's what medium coli MC means is top of the sky. And the 10th house is your career or your calling. So that's why I mentioned the sixth they can be connected. If you're earning money and you're working day to day on that career, then they can be connected. But it could also be something different because it could be something that you have a passion for, but you might not necessarily be getting paid for it. It's very public. It's your public self. It's your reputation is up in the 10th house. And so if somebody was, say, wanting to know about their career or their calling, which is a very common question, then we would be looking to the 10th house and we'd be looking for not just the sign that's there, but what planet rules it and if there are any planets in that house. And that's what we're going to use as an example at, when we finish through the houses using your chart is we're going to look at the 10th house. Ooh, all right. And it also is the mother. So okay. we looked to the father on the fourth and we can get the mother in the 10th or on the 10th on the cusp. Okay. Then the 11th house is friends and 
networking, other people, and it could also be any causes or organizations that you're affiliated with. And this is considered a good house. The ancients called it the house of good fortune. Okay. So the 11th house. Then the final house is the 12th. And the 12th house, again, is very private. It's hidden and it can represent things that are going on behind the scenes, secrets. And then because it, it has secrets, it secret enemies, people that might be working against you. Interesting. So it's considered more of a heavier house, I would almost describe it as. <laughs> yeah. So the 8th and the 12th are often considered those kind of houses, a little bit heavier, a little darker, maybe more difficult. And there's a not really a, a battle, but I think in modern astrology, there is always a real push to make everything positive. It's very much a modern astrology concept, whereas in more traditional astrology, even though, yes, it has to be reworked, because like we talked about, you know, when they were using ancient astrology, it was things like, oh, the pharaoh needed to know because of, you know, the famines or wars and things like that. But traditional astrology does acknowledge that life on Earth is not always easy. It's kind of like, you know, how we did our Saturn episode last time. It's yeah. acknowledging that, you know, we do have challenges in life and some things are difficult. So there can be a little bit of that connected there as well. And I appreciate that because it's important for us to use it as tools for teaching. And again, if you go back to the idea that everything's a contract in this lifetime, it's important to understand that these are all like, I always think them as like breadcrumbing tools. If you can understand and work with your zodiac and your astrology charts, then you could have one more kind of tool to work within yourself to, again, further your ascension process or your contractual obligations or whatever you want to think of it as, depending on your belief system. Yes. I think it's, I think it's so important that you you know, think of this as an incredible tool. Like it's like the universe has given you this the time you drop onto this earth, like dropped, bang, right. given all this information from the day yes. you arrive. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. That is so powerful. It <laughs> is. No, it really like, it's is. Like, it's a forgotten art. It is. And it's a forgotten tool. And I think this is such a gift. So thank you for these words. I'm <laughs> super excited for others to get into this because I'm really passionate about it. Because I think, oh my goodness, imagine this from the time like we did when we were like, you were, you know, at the time of wanting to know. Mm -hmm. ask these questions and have this information, it would really help, I think, you know, and again, we don't want to say sculpt your life, but it would help, I think, validate some of your feelings, inklings, desires, and again, I think support it, you know. Yeah. It, if you think of it like a map too, like a, yeah, you know, like map. a treasure map. And, and it's really interesting. And for me, at first was exposed to astrology and really got interested in it was, as I've mentioned, that was back in the late 70s. And that was considered like a wave, you know, it was like, no, it wasn't just me, like there was a lot of interest in the late 60s and the 70s in astrology. But then it kind of, you know, tapered out. But now there is a huge movement afoot. And a lot of that I even work with are are much younger because there's this a new resurgence of interest. And I think that's amazing. Like there is quite a community, like there is a lot of stuff happening, which is fantastic. You know, there's conferences where, you know, there's this like hundreds of keynote speakers and there's this big online community. And a lot of it is being driven by a much younger generation. So that's pretty cool. That's very cool. And, and very exciting for those who are coming through this because it means that we're going to spread more knowledge and inspire more people. Yeah, for sure. 
when somebody would be interested in having, say, their chart read, the most common things for sure that people want to know about are romance, <laughs> career, marriage, finances. So often those are things that they would want to know about. Those would be topics. Even though if you're doing a natal chart reading, you're going to cover all kinds of stuff, but definitely you would want to address those areas because that's often what people are interested in. And we can look to the chart very specifically, technically almost, I would say, for where we might find some clues for those things. And a reading is always an exchange of information. That's why I don't really like the whole thing about, you know, fortune telling and, you know, I'm just going to sit here and describe you. The range of information. So there's a there's a give and take. It's a conversation. I could say, well, yes, because I've studied it, I have some knowledge about the symbols and how this might play out, but it's very much a conversation to see how it resonates. But even having said that, I know that next time, which is going to be fun, I think we actually are going to look at some charts for a few people that very generously volunteered their birth time. And we're going to be able to, you know, take some of the stuff that we've been talking about, which are the signs, the planets and the houses, and just see how we might interpret those. You, you have also very generously and openly volunteered to use your chart as one that we can talk about openly on the, Absolutely. On the podcast. So I thought we might do that, even though I have done your chart with you, but this might bring it all together a little bit for some of the listeners. So I didn't want to get too personal. So I thought we might <laughs> do career or calling in looking at your okay. chart. All right. Sure. So when we talk career or calling, and I mentioned this a little bit as we went through the meanings and significations of the houses, what we're going to look at right away is the 10th house. So we're going to look and see what sign was on the 10th house. And we call it the cusp, which is just the start of that house. So in your case, the sign of Gemini is on mm. the cusp of your 10th house. So just super simply, let's, what does Gemini mean? Well, we know a little bit about Gemini, right? We know that Gemini is an air sign. So it's in the mental realm. So that says right away that whatever type of work you do is going to have that air of mental and stimulation. We know that Gemini is mutable. So that means that it's varied. You would get bored easily. So in your career calling, you're going to need something varied, not just one thing, because you'd get too bored. You need mental stimulation. You need variety. And quite likely, you would have more than one thing on the go. It wouldn't just be about one thing. So that's just by knowing that Gemini sits on the cusp of your 10th house. Then what wow. we want to look to, and this is where we get into the planets, which we talked about before, is really being the heavy hitters. So we say, well, who rules Gemini? Who's in charge here? Well, it's Mercury. The planet Mercury rules Gemini. So Mercury is the ruler of your 10th house. And now what does that mean? Well, that means that Mercury, we know, is the communicator. So your calling is going to have to do with communication. And however that might play out, communication via presentations, workshops, writing, podcasts, like sharing information is going to figure prominently for you. Mm -hmm. And we also know then we're going to look here too. So Mercury doesn't just rule Gemini in your 10th house. Mercury also rules the sign of Virgo. So we're going to want to look to where's Virgo because that's going to factor into your career and your calling as well. Well, 
Virgo is your ascendant. You have a Virgo rising. So Virgo's on your first house. So what does the first house mean? Well, it's you. So it means your presence, your vibe, your look, if you will, is also going to be a big part of the package that is your career. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. So we've got that. <laughs> right? Now I there's one so. there's one more thing we can bring in here. So we want to say, well, Mercury is the big guy that's ruling the 10th, and Mercury also rules the first. But where is the planet Mercury? So where did Mercury during that game of musical chairs when the music stopped, where did Mercury itself plunk down into your chart? It plunks down into the ninth house. Well, we talked about the ninth house. What is the ninth house? It's the quest. It rules spirituality, philosophy, publishing, travel. So we know that those topics are also going to figure into your career. So you can see how just like really simply like that, we can see a theme there, right? Like there's a definite theme that has oh, emerged wow. there uh, so. of presentations, sharing information, writing, varied, doing, you know, lots wow. of things. But it does have that essence of spirituality and also the ninth house is higher education so that is going to figure in as well to your career whether it's you pursuing higher education yourself or perhaps delivering it to other people very interesting and definitely something for me personally that i can say that i started coaching when i was 15 and so now at you know 39 you can yeah. say that it's been, it's been a legacy right like it's been a lifelong well, quest, so to speak, I guess, to share information with others right. in many capacities, but all to do with wellness and all to do with yes. the idea of coaching and, and growing in different ways with different people. And so like you were teaching, taking, you were teaching like classes when you were, yeah, was it group, as young as group fitness, or maybe even yeah. younger? Even younger, yeah. But technically, I was. I think fully, so. <laughs> I was fully qualified as early as I could, and with CanFit Pro and. When I was just turned 16, they finally did it. And I was supposedly the youngest one they'd ever certified at the time because and I of think, my age. I think yeah. I remember too, when I was being certified in yoga and that was like, that was back in 2000. So that's like 22 years ago. I remember we're super interested in that. Like you came with me to, do you remember that? Did we do it? Was, yes, was it prenatal yoga? We went to I was, you came yeah, with me we went to, to a, Esther Myers. I did. And we did. We saw Esther yeah. Myers and she was one of my gurus at the time and definitely inspired me to go on and really work with yoga exercise specialists, which at the time, which was Susan Diaz, who I studied with out of Toronto. But Esther Myers was a huge inspiration for me. I was the first yoga book I ever had, which actually yeah. never came back to me that was loaned out. But I, I to this day is my favorite yoga book. and I still wish I had it. So I, ha I do yeah. have a copy of it. I have one. Oh, and Esther's, yeah. Esther Myers has passed on, unfortunately. Yes. But I, I do feel yes, blessed that you know, I got to study with her and, and that you did as well. Yes. And you know, what's interesting. I mean, this is the first time you and I've talked about this, but Esther was a Taurus sun. Mm. And I think that, you know, you have that Taurus moon and Esther was very grounded, which is interesting with Taurus. I mean, she even, her, the way she taught yoga was always about, you know, grow your roots, right? Like, you know, when you stand, it's like you're growing the roots down into the earth and that's. Absolutely. And again, it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> yeah. connection. Yes, for sure. Um, so we're not quite finished with your 10th house yet because <laughs> the other thing we're going to look at, so all of those things we looked at would be, like you can find those in any house because people tend to think, well, you know, 
there's no planets in the house so it doesn't mean anything well all of those things we just talked about we're not even talking yet about there being planets in your house of the tent because some houses you don't have planets in depending on your chart i mean Often right. there are many houses you won't have any planets in. You do have planets in your 10th house though. So yeah. on top of what we just talked about, we want to look at that too. So the planets that are in your 10th house are, we've talked about this before, right? Is yeah. um, because your sun is in Gemini. So we know that the sun was way up there when you were born. Like you were born at 122, I think. And so that's the time of day when the sun was peaking in June. So mm -hmm. it was in the 10th house. And so that means, you know, it's very important because we talked about the sun because that is your essence. That's who you were destined to be. It's who you're meant to be. So that is putting right away you into a position of prominence because you have your sun right up there in that house of career and calling and, and public visibility. Mm. So that's there. Then it's conjunct another planet and that planet is Mars. So you have the planet Mars conjunct your sun in the 10th, which is going to give you that drive and that energy. Like Mars is the push. It makes us take action because you can have a lot of gifts, but you have to be able to put them into practice. And the planet Mars is going to give you that drive and that energy to make it happen, to take action. And so that's also up in your tent. I think I've already mentioned before, but I just find it so interesting is apparently there've been studies done that when the planet Mars is sitting conjunct, which means close to the mid heaven, which again is the MC, another name for the tent, it often bestows a natural ability. And mm. they've done all kinds of studies. And apparently many, many athletes that are gifted athletes have that placement. So we talked about that too, which is for mm -hmm. sure one of your gifts that was evident from a very young age. Why, thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> very kind. Yes. Yeah, so that's all a little bit there. The other thing that we haven't looked at, and we're not going to do that yet because this gets a little bit technical to involve. So we just talked about the things we looked at there for career. So we're looking to the 10th house. What sign is on it? What planet rules it? What other house is that planet ruling? Where is that planet in your chart? Are there other planets in that house? And lastly, what we'd look at, or, or not even lastly, we tie it all together, is something that's very important. What angle, you can call it geometry, you can call it whatever, what angles are those planets make? And we have easy and harmonious angles, and we have more difficult and challenging ones. And that's also hmm, something okay. that we would, we would want to look at in a full chart reading, is to look at those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So super interesting. So there you go. I love it. Thank you. Incredible <laughs> insight. And I want again, I'm like, I'm like, let's hear more. But again, I'm also <laughs> super curious for my daughter. And that's something else too that I think we'll talk about down the line is how we can support our children and also our partners by yes. utilizing this information to okay. help better our relationships. Because it's not just about us, despite sometimes that we talk a lot about that. <laughs> it is important. It is important for us to I think also utilize these blueprints, these maps, you know, as you mentioned, these, these concepts to help support our relationships with others. And I think that's a big, big part of this. Well, and also I think that, you know, there's just so much there with your own chart. So that's very natural. That's normal. Like even for astrologers, yes. like, yeah, Definitely. for sure that, you know, it's something you just can always, always refer back to, which is like, it just never, it never really it's not, it's never done. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It doesn't really seem like it's ever done. And that's a beautiful thing though. 
So there have been a few people, like I mentioned, that came forth and offered up their birth time. And we're, we're going to, so what we'll do, we just did with yours for career. And we'll just maybe on the air, go through a couple of things just to see how some of these might play out. And could make this so that we do this at the end of every episode or something, if that works. And certainly pass your information on uh, either to Jordan or to me. I do have an Instagram account that's just astrology. It's called at triple fire astro. And uh, you could be, you're welcome to DM me uh, if you wanted to maybe be at some point included. How does that sound? I love it. What a beautiful offering to our listeners. I love that. Thank you so much. And I think that's wonderful. And absolutely, please contact Deborah directly or, of course, do myself. But yeah, absolutely. Instagram, she offers beautiful insights too through her social media. So definitely recommend that you follow and connect with her that way. Oh, thank you. Okay. That is. Thank you for a beautiful sitting again today. And I appreciate all of your insights. And I definitely feel like we have more knowledge and empowerment regarding the houses. Oh, okay. Good. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I look forward to our next episode with some personalized chart readings. Thank you again. Okay. Bye-bye. Much love. Bye-bye.